Hey, PT listeners, we've been working on something special at Tier 11, something that I can say without exaggeration or without hesitation will produce better ad optimization and increased conversions and have a profound impact on the amount of data you can send back to all your ad platforms. That includes Meta, that includes TikTok, that includes Google, and we call it X-Ray Tag. And it's only available to Tier 11 customers. A lot of businesses think that it's Black Friday, it's the holiday season, and once they actually get through that, then they'll worry about next year. Well, now is the time for you to start gathering all the data that you can to set yourself and your business up for success in 2024. X-Ray Tag replaces all the potpourri of pixels, cappies, cookies with one single implementation that sends higher quality first-party data back to all your ad platforms. In fact, in our early testing, we've seen a 40 to 100% increase in event matching quality, aka EMQs in Meta, which translates into better ad optimization and increased conversions. So if you feel like your ads are flying blind, head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray to get early access. Clients to sign up before the end of the year, move to the front of the line, and we are only offering this for the PT listener like yourself. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray. Don't miss out. What the e-commerce ad amplifier does is it doesn't waste any of your money. It's capturing that money spent on ads at every single level, creating audiences at every single level, and then trying to monetize those audiences at every single level. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello, and welcome to episode number 145 of Perpetual Traffic. Ralph Burns, Molly Pittman, myself, Keith Krantz, today with you. We're super excited. We're going to be talking about some amplification of e-commerce. But first, guys, just a little update on the Zuck. More news going on with Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress. We were saying before we hit record that these types of situations, when there's a congressional hearing, we usually don't understand necessarily the topic they're speaking to. And for Facebook essentially to be the focus of this hearing, something that we're all experts on and have studied for years, it's just crazy to see how far from the truth the media has gone with this, but also just the lack of understanding from really our government of how Facebook even works. It's like almost that this thing is a giant misunderstanding in a way. Yeah, I mean, the way that most of the media channels portray this whole thing is so incorrect. It makes you think about all the other issues that they're getting maybe like 10% or 20% correct, which leads you to think. It's like the news that you take for granted that you think is real probably isn't real. I mean, I always say that there's three sides to every story. There's yours, mine, and the truth. You know, and and the news is probably somewhere in between, like more the yours, you know, type of truth, as opposed to what actually did happen. But since we know this platform so well, we know every little detail of it, and even the stuff like from a developer side that I didn't really understand or I still don't understand, you still sort of know enough to say, yeah, you know, I can see why Zuck wouldn't necessarily directly answer that question. He might answer it well. It sort of depends, and they're, if they're pressuring him to say. Yeah, Answer the question, Mr. Zuckerberg. It's like he wants to give an honest answer and not everything is black and white. But I do think this is that it's amazing to see something happen. And I haven't watched it all, but I've watched some of the C-SPAN. It's amazing to see something where he really is trying to give a legitimate answer. Like so many of these hearings, like, you know, people are so evasive. They're trying to cover something up. 
doesn't seem like he's trying to cover anything up. He's like, all right, we screwed up and we patched that hole. And now we're going to kind of move on and become a figurehead here, or, you know, at least somebody who leads the the protection of data online, because there are no real rules or regulation or anything, legislation that is around it. So it's interesting to see it all happen right before our eyes. I think that you're definitely going to see some measures go into place that probably mirror what's going on in Europe with the new regulations, maybe being more upfront with what you're doing with people's data adding some functionalities to make sure people can control their data. But I think the biggest thing about this is this is just put Facebook out there. I think this is, even though it's not the correct way to do it necessarily, educating people or at least making them think about how does Facebook work and what am I really doing when I'm on Facebook? What what do you guys think will happen? You're kind of right on, I think. The thing is, is with legislation and politics is it's a reactionary system. And so you have people that are wanting to prove a point, gain constituents, right, and voters. And, and so they want to look good. And so there certain people from certain political parties are going to just try to go to the extreme. And so that's what usually happens. They put in legislation and it's probably going to be related to being more forthright and giving us more control, hopefully. Hopefully they don't overdo it. I don't really know how far they can really go. I do like the fact that Mark Zuckerberg, I think he's a very high emotionally intelligent. I think he has a high emotional IQ and you'll, you're able to see that with him not trying to make excuses. He's actually just owning it because it's kind of like, it feels like identity theft by the way the, the news is portraying it, but it's totally different. But he's not, instead of him trying to like make, hey, this is really not that bad. This has been happening. No, he's just owning it, which is I think the best thing to do. I was thinking last night, I think, you know, Mark is speaking for more than himself. He's speaking for all of us that even own a website, period, right? He's speaking for other social media platforms. Like Facebook is the example. This is turned into a problem instead of, it should have just been, hey, as a country, we should discuss what, you know, online data protection looks like, right? But instead it was like, Facebook, you're wrong. You know, let's call this person out, this thing out, and then make change, which is what I don't like. I, I don't like the fear behind that. But I'm glad that Mark is the one that is the mouthpiece for all of us really in this country, because I, I think he handled himself well. And, and like you said, Keith, this could have gone a very different direction. Yeah, I think he, he realizes that it's his responsibility. I think we said this on last week's show is that Facebook now looks at themselves as the company that others should look towards as the leader in data protection. Yeah, there was this issue, which has been solved, but now it brings to the forefront people understanding that their data, not their social security numbers, not their identity theft kind of confidential information, you know, their checking account numbers, stuff like that. This is very different, like we had mentioned last week. The point is, is that Zuck, I think, you know, he's a courageous guy. Like you see him in those hearings, he is not happy being there, but he knows he had mm -mm. to do it for not just Facebook and Facebook's users, but for the industry to take a leadership role, suck it up, show some courage, which he did. I mean, imagine sitting there for eight hours being grilled at four minutes a clip by 50 Congress people, you know, or hmm. senators. It's like, it's a nightmare. Like the, anything in the yeah. world he wants to be is there. He, he does not want to be there at all, but he did it because, and let's not forget the fact, guys, he volunteered to do this. You know, Google 
and all the other place, all the other, any other online property that's out there that's collecting any sort of data on us. And it's not just Facebook. Google is obviously is the biggest one. Twitter, the same sort of thing, any sort of platform. He's representing the entire industry. And, you know, to your question, is GDPR going to be something that we're going to see here in the U.S.? I guarantee you there's going to be some kind of data protection legislation that gets passed, but it's not going to be draconian. It's not going to be anything that's going to affect the platform that we all know and love here on the podcast. But, you know, I think there should be safeguards put into place because you're always going to have characters like Cambridge Analytica that break the rules and buy stuff illegally or that, you know, programmer who actually sold that data to Cambridge Analytica. There's always going to be players that you can't control. And I think Zuckerberg actually said that in his testimony multiple times. It's like, I, you know, we got to get rid of these bad apples and we're trying to do that, but they're always going to be there. So as a result of that, there is going to be some sort of legislation, some sort of protection. And I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Agreed. Just a little update. And then we amplify. We amplify. Shall we amplify? Let's do it. Today, we're going to be talking about some amplification of e-commerce businesses. Molly mentioned it, I think, a couple episodes ago. Gave you a little teaser for the e-com amplifier. Ralph's got a killer process strategy, kind of really just a blueprint. So that we're going to take you through. I'm going to let Ralph kind of just take you through it. I'm excited. I'm going to be taking some notes. Love the strategy behind it. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. What is this mystery thing called? It's called the Ecom Ad Amplifier. The Facebook ad strategy for Ecom, but especially for scale, right? Yeah, totally. And um, I would be remiss in saying that I invented this by any stretch. This is the collective genius collaboration of a bunch of really smart people inside Tier 11, as well as just having a lot of experience selling on e-commerce. And it's something that we've mentioned many times is a specialty of ours. And and we love uh, e-commerce companies that have really, really good products, physical products to sell. And uh, we figured out sort of the system. And the funny thing was, is that we were all kind of doing it together you know, through our e-commerce customers, you know, through all the awesome account managers at Tier 11, from Rob and Jenny to Vanessa and James, Warren and Jason, and everyone was doing it. They just didn't realize they were actually doing it in a framework. And that's what we did is we sort of took a step back, looked into all the different ad accounts and got a little bit more of a 30,000 foot view of what were we doing and why were we getting really good results and then created a framework around that so this is not based on theory, although there is some theory that's in it. But if you're an e-commerce company and you're selling physical products online, I really do think that the e-com ad amplifier is a system and a methodology and a framework, all those things sort of wrapped into one that you can apply to your business. Whether you, you know, you're selling one product or one SKU, as they call it, or tens of thousands of SKUs. So you can make it as modular, as simple as you need to be, or as complex as you need to be. And you just sort of pick parts of it out that uh, fit best for your business. So that's what we did here. And we now use it as a standard operating procedure inside Tier 11. Awesome. Excited to hear it. I think when I first heard you talk about this, it was cool to see an entire system in one. You know, we talk about the broader cold, warm, hot system of combining different campaigns, but this is exactly how you do it for physical products. You know, I mean, we all know that you can't just sell cold, 
on Facebook without giving some kind of value. You actually have to do something first, maybe show how cool your product is or give some kind of value in advance, which we talk about here on the podcast all the time. This just mirrors human nature and how humans buy and how the buy cycle works, but with an, uh, a framework of how it's done inside an e-commerce website. And the, you know, the platform that we tend to work with a lot, which we love because it's so Facebook friendly, is Shopify. So if you have a Shopify store, awesome company. We work with that quite a bit because the native integrations and all the different apps that go along with it are so easy to work with, as well as any other platform. You know, WooCommerce especially is one that we've started to work with, as well as if you have what we refer to as a custom integration, you can even do this at that level too. A little bit more complicated, but still, no matter the size or the structure of your e-commerce store, you can definitely apply the e-commerce ad amplifier and get some pretty darn good results based upon the methodology. Love it. I love how specific it gets, how you get into, you know, each level has the objectives that you're wanting to optimize based off of and how your pixels are set up and, and everything. It's a, it's a really cool system. So first things first, you can get an image of the e-commerce ad amplifier. I would not recommend this doing if you're driving, but go to tier 11 on Facebook. Tier 11 will come right up. See the little light green uh, logo and then just send us a message inside uh, tier 11 on our page and just type in image just on our Facebook messenger inside tier 11, type in image and you'll actually get a download of the e-commerce ad amplifier in all its glory. If you look at the e-commerce ad amplifier, you think about traffic as levels. So for us, level one through level five is sort of the entire top framework of the e-commerce ad amplifier. So if you have an e-commerce store, we look at each level of how people or visitors engage with your site based upon this level system. So cold traffic, which is somebody who doesn't know who you are, and so much so that even in our lookalike, large lookalike audiences or our, you know, our interest audiences, we will also exclude all of our deeper levels, levels two through five, to make sure that that traffic at the very top of the funnel is ice cold. It doesn't know who you are. So exclusions, which is a big part of this whole thing, is really, really important. Otherwise, as my ops VP says, you end up peeing in the pool, so to speak, polluting the pool for uh, levels two through five. So I'll explain that in just a little bit. That's my Caddyshack reference, by the way. Anyway, so a cold traffic... If that's level one. So these are your lookalike audiences. These are your interests, maybe your lookalikes plus interests or behaviors, as well as just any audience that doesn't know who you are. So as those audiences engage either with your page or they actually click through your ad, both of those we refer to as level two. So level two is engagers on your page. Now, Different levels of engagement can be done here. So for example, let's say if you're using cold traffic, you've got a six-minute video ad. Well, someone who watches 95% of that probably is a lot more warm or a lot more engaged than somebody who only watches 10 seconds of that. So there's a gradient of level two. It's almost like depending on what your asset is, it depends on what their engagement level is. So it's like cool-ish. They're cool-ish. <laughs> so somebody watches 25% of 
of a 10 minute video. That's kind of long, but still definitely viable on Facebook. That's two and a half minutes of their time. Well, if they have three minute videos that you're showing to cold traffic, those same two and a half minutes would be about a 95% video view audience. So it, it depends on what your asset is and how deeply they engage with that asset. So what we've done in level two is label all of these people engagers. Some people that are probably even deeper engagers are maybe people who have engaged with your page to the point where they actually become fans of your page. Those are also level two traffic, believe it or not. So they're probably the hottest or the warmest out of all those pieces of traffic in the engagement cycle. But nonetheless, we treat them all the same in level two. Another part to level two is page views. So if you have an e-commerce store and you're running Facebook advertising, you are probably deploying Facebook standard events plus parameters or standard events is what we call them. So depending on how deep someone actually travels in your site from cold traffic to maybe your landing page, and then maybe they look at your landing page and then they click through to your product page, and then they click from your product page and add the product to cart or then they actually go through with the purchase. Like each one of those steps along the way is a deeper and deeper and deeper level of engagement with your site. So at level two, we have what's referred to as just page views. That type of code, that standard event would fire and you can create audiences for these inside Facebook for people who have hit your sales page, your landing page, maybe a blog post, maybe a collection page was sort of a collection or an aggregation of a bunch of different products. They have not selected a particular product yet. So they're still sort of in the window shopping phase. If you set your standard events up with the Facebook pixel correctly, that page view will fire on those initial interaction pages. So what we do for level two traffic is we sort of aggregate engagement, engagement with the page, engagement with video, fans, as well as just first initial clicks to your page. Might be your homepage, might be your sales page, might be your landing page, might be a collection page. Those are all considered level two. So not cold traffic, they're not level one, they're slightly more engaged, but not to the point where they're ready to buy. We talk about these types of audiences, but this this puts a name to it. I also love the standard events. This helps you organize and conceptualize standard events where before I kind of saw them as like an organization method. And now this gives like a clear optimization plan for these standard events. Yeah. yeah. We'll put some resources in the show notes today about standard events and exactly what they are. And you can get your programmer to install these in the right spots. But, uh, you know, standard events, there's basically nine standard events that Facebook gives you. And each one of them gives a different level of interest and or engagement on your site. Facebook has these nine standard events because it covers lots of, you know, other types of sites that are not e-commerce related. Maybe you're just like, hey, go to a landing page and then opt in for this lead magnet or go to a page and like buy this course. So those are much more simple setups. Facebook has geared itself towards e-commerce by having these nine standard events, which we actually use as a, an indication of intent to buy. So mm. with that, yeah. we, we've created this structure around it. And then you, you put assets or what we'll talk about in just a bit, assets in front of them, ads, 
meaning uh, based upon their previous intent and how you can move them to the next step to ultimately purchase. One quick question, just in case for people, in case they're confused. So if you could just give a, uh, maybe a 15 second definition, what a standard event is and the difference between a standard event and a custom conversion. Cause I think there might be some people listening right now that are like, what's he talking about? Even though you sort of did, but just like, just a super basic. I mean, the, the confusing part of this is that a custom conversion could be just about <laughs> anything that you create that signals an action someone takes on your website from Facebook. But standard events, like you can create a custom conversion using, all right, let's say you go to dominatewebmedia.com and you opt in and for a lead magnet for something from Keith. And on the thank you page, it says dominatewebmedia.com forward slash thank you. You could create a custom conversion that is URL based that says forward slash thank you or dominatewebmedia.com forward slash thank you. And that would then send a signal back to Facebook that says that person who clicked on your landing page opted in for that lead magnet. That's what we refer to as a web-based or a page view-based custom conversion. We don't use those mm. in the agency because we find that there's a lot of double tracking there. But if I was just setting up my initial Facebook ads, that's how I would do it because it's super simple to do. And you just do that inside conversions, inside ads manager, which is one of the drop downs. And the custom conversions as well as standard events, but those are used to for basically two purposes for tracking conversions, right? So you know if your stuff's working. And then for optimization, yep. you can tell Facebook, I have a 2 million person audience and I want you to put my ad in front of the best percentage of those 2 million people based on people that are firing that custom conversion or better yet, standard event. Yeah, and I would add a third one to that. It actually, and it creates audiences too for- Yeah. Yeah, so there's- And I think that's what I meant by when I said organization. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Like this creates audiences. This creates, like this gives you your customer journey step-by-step step versus just having all of these random custom audiences laying around. Well, I mean, a standard event is typically is used in an e-commerce store. You can use them in a regular website as well, but there's something called standard events plus parameters, which actually send a signal back to Facebook specifically for that step in the process. So basically at each level that we're going to talk about here, we're going to go, we're going to refer back to the standard event that fires when somebody lands on that next page, that next step in the sales process or that on that next step on the website that takes them closer and closer to a sale. So the levels that we use here are page views that is fired as a standard event. When I open up a blog post, I open up a landing page, I open up a sales page, you know, I land on the home page, but then the next level, which is level three, getting a little bit deeper let's say I land on that landing page, I land on that home page, and I see a product that I really like, and I click on the image of that product. Now, the new page loads after I've clicked on the image of that product. If your website is set up correctly, it should fire what's referred to as a view content standard event. There's two things there. We now know that someone has been taken from a page view page, which indicates, eh, I'm just kind of window shop and I'm not really sure what I like. Now I'm actually clicking on a product. And now I'm going to a page that is a referred to as a product page, which in the hierarchy of standard events should fire the view content 
standard event. I don't know why they named them <laughs> these particular names, but view content basically means I've now looked at a specific product. Now, you can optimize your ads, like Keith said, for a view content conversion if you wanted to. You could also um, track how many people hit my view content pages, all my products, or best of all is what we do here is we create audiences for people who have hit those pages that fire the view content standard event. So for anyone who has landed on a product page, it might be, you might be selling two products. You might be selling 10,000 products. If you set this up in this sort of hierarchy of depth of intent, you can create individual audiences of products that people have landed on, product pages that people have landed on, or you can create what we do in most cases is entire audiences of people who have viewed products. It doesn't matter how many it is, what it is, doesn't matter what it is. But we, what we care about is that we're creating that audience. And then if they don't take the next step, which I'll get to in just a second, which is level four, we then target them with an ad to try and push them to the next step in the process, which is for them to add that product to cart. So if we're going on the top of the e-commerce ad amplifier, we're going from level one cold Level two, engagement audiences, page view, standard event fires, a little bit warmer. Now I'm viewing content. I'm at level three. I've actually looked at a product. Now your next step in the process, and typically in most e-commerce platforms, you know, they have they might have some in-between steps here, which Facebook does have in the nine standard events. But for the purposes of this presentation, we're just going to really talk about the most important ones. So let's say I look at a product and I like it. I'm like, all right, click. I'll hit that big orange button that says add to cart. Well, now think about this. Okay, I've now gone from homepage. I've selected a product. I like that product so much that I've actually added it to my cart. So that person is now three steps deep into your site. They might have actually read a blog post and a couple of other things before they actually got to that point doesn't matter, neither here nor there. Those are all what we refer to as page views. But once you actually view a product in level three, and then you've actually clicked on that product and added it to your cart, you now have buyer intent. So at level four, we're gonna show you an ad that's very different than we might show for somebody to level three, which we'll get to in just a second, because the intent is now there. I've, I've been impressed enough with this product. I'm actually gonna add it to my cart and I wanna pay for it. And we now all know, you guys all know this, that upwards of 80, 90% of people uh, cart abandon. So if you forget about these people and don't put ads in front of them based upon their action, you're leaving a lot of money on the table and you're probably leaving a lot of products unsold back in your warehouse. Just basically throwing away money in that case. By not doing it. Yeah, absolutely. No brainer. No brainer. So, all right. So now we're all the way up to level four. We've added to cart. Now let's say at that add to cart, we now actually go through the purchase. We enter our credit card information, PayPal, whatever it happens to be, go through the purchase. Now that's the ultimate goal. And if you look at the e-commerce ad amplifier, it goes from blue on the left all the way to red, surprisingly, Blue, cold, red, hot. Ooh. Yeah, pretty deep <laughs> stuff here. Uh, level five is when they actually purchase. So now we don't forget about people here. We're great. Hey, I got the initial purchase. Awesome. Well, there, Well, we'll get, when we get into assets, retargeting assets, we'll talk about how we actually do cross-selling, refills, buyers 365, flash sales, all that kind of stuff. A lot of that action happens at level five when you've created buyers, depending on what your product is, 
especially if you have a product that needs to be refilled every month. Maybe they people run out of it after 14 days. We've got a customer that people need to refill every 14 days. So we have their level five ads on for you know, between 10 to 20 days, because we know right around there, they're going to run out and they need to, you know, buy again. So uh, very different messaging from all those different levels. Now, another big part of the e-commerce ad amplifier is not only understanding sort of this gradient of blue all the way to red, but also what asset do you use at each level? You could say, well, I'll just use the same stuff for every single level. You could, some cases we do overlap, but for us, we found that eight assets in particular, and probably about two or three more that aren't on this PDF here, but that work really good at taking that cold traffic, taking them from somebody who has no idea who you are, to then engaging them to the point where they actually watch your video. They might like your page. They might engage with your page. Maybe they go all the way to clicking through to see your landing page or maybe to see what's up after they watch that video. Maybe they watch 75% of the video and then they click through to the page because they're now interested in what you have to offer. To take people from level one to level two, we're not talking about taking them all the way to level five yet, although we do have some assets at level one that do take people all the way to level five, is that we're just trying to get them to that next step. So some of the assets that we use are obviously, you know, ads. <laughs> so this doesn't happen by magic. We don't snap our fingers and it just magically appears. So what we'll do is we'll use a lot of different assets. So uh, lots of stuff that we've talked here about uh, many, many times on the show, educational long videos. Like this is the three-step video ad formula. Episode 67 and 68 teaches you how to do the three-step video ad formula with longer videos. Typically, you know, these are ones that we would characterize as greater than three minutes. That's kind of our line of demarcation between like a short video and a longer video. So we've got, you know, customers that are running videos that are 15, 16 minutes, 12 minutes, six minutes in that range. So these are longer videos, probably something that they're either educating, they're informing, they're entertaining, but they're also sort of pivoting at the end to some kind of a product pitch. So these do take people from cold traffic to level two engaging. But the the real goal of an educational long video, especially with the three-step video ad formula or ones that are just like, hey, let me show you how cool this product is and just go buy it in a video is to get them from cold traffic all the way to purchase. But we don't expect them to purchase right then and there. There is going to be a percentage of people who will purchase. So if you can you know, take all your cold traffic ads and actually break even, that's pretty good. Because it's the ads that you're going to show to your level two through level five audiences that are typically the ones that really amplify, hence the name, your return on ad spend. So that's one. So educational long videos is one, which is number five inside level one. If you look at the graphic, uh, we also use, use educational short videos. These might be 15 seconds to upwards of three minutes. So a lot of these are under 60 seconds because we know that if we create some kind of educational shortage video, same type of formula, but get it into 60 seconds or less, we can show up both on the Facebook platform as well as the Instagram platform. And we really are starting to like 15 second videos, believe it or not, because you can use those on the audience network 
as well as a bunch of other places that uh, Facebook is starting to, to let us show ads like Facebook Watch and, and places like that. Other assets that we use to cull traffic, all these things are guys, those things that you guys already know and probably love. Click to Messenger ads. If you don't know how to do those, go back to episode 136 if you want to learn how to do click to Messenger ads. Some of these ads might be Instagram story ads. Uh, we haven't talked too much about those, but those are ones that are 15 seconds or less. Quick swipe up, give some kind of product pitch, and take them to your landing page. And they also, you can create audiences for those videos. You can also create audiences for the video assets that I just discussed for short and long videos. Those are your engagement audiences. Let's say, like I said before, you, you watch 25% of a 10-minute video. Well, that's somebody's invested two and a half minutes of their time, they're probably going to be open to seeing some other piece of content from you because you got two and a half minutes of their time from a 10 minute video. So we create audiences around all these assets and then use them in level two to retarget them. But we'll get to that in just a second. So Instagram stories, you can create audiences around those. Lead magnet, we talked about this a ton on perpetual traffic, is just a straight opt-in. Land on a landing page, you know, you have an ad, click through to the landing page, create the lead. Those leads can then be retargeted to purchase at a later date. Blog post ads, which are ones that are just pure content. Hey, here's this great piece of content and here's a link that goes back to my site. You know, whether or not you read it, but you get a page view audience from those. Very, very important. We typically will target folks in deeper levels based upon that previous action. If somebody clicks on a blog post for protein, you know, well, chances are we're probably gonna show them an ad for protein at a level two ad, which we'll get to in just a second. And then we also have page content and video, which is typically done by our customer social teams. And those are just boosted posts that they that their social team might post on a regular basis. And then we just use those audiences, whether it's video or click-throughs all the way to the landing page or to a blog post or whatever it happens to be. The point is, is that at, at cold traffic, you're really just trying to engage your audience, not necessarily always sell them. Yes, you do want to sell them in the newsfeed. And we've talked about that plenty of times, how to do that here. But at level one, use all these different assets. You don't have to use them all. The thing about the e-commerce ad amplifier is that it's modular. You might just have educational short videos. You might just have IG stories. So we've got one customer that only uses educational short videos, clicks to Messenger, and some Instagram stories, and that's it. And it runs their entire ad account at 60,000, 70,000 you know, per month in spend with a 2.9 return on ad spend. So depending on the complexity, you can use all the assets or just a few. So that's level one. Level one, when we actually go from... Level one, what are you going to do with these audiences once they engage with you, once they watch part of your video, once they click through to your blog post or to your landing page? Do you show them the same assets that you just showed them in cold traffic? You could. Absolutely, you could. And in many cases, we do. We might use educational short videos again here because remember, they have not actually gone to the point where oh, I'm landing on your website, but I haven't actually clicked through to a product yet. They have not shown right. product intent as of yet, so they still need more warming up. And some people need extra more than others, Absolutely. right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we want everyone, in an ideal world, everyone we show an ad to to cold traffic to buy, but we know right. that's not going to be the case. So what we're doing is we're basically, we're, Absolutely. we're leveraging that ad spend and not throwing it out the window. We're just creating these audiences 
through cold traffic. And then with those cold traffic audiences, we're then retargeting them at level two. We name it inside the ad account for short videos, maybe some educational long videos, maybe some product ads, maybe some testimonial ads. This is a great place to show some customer testimonials. You know, Keith, I know you're a huge component of showing these kinds of videos. This is an opportune time to show it, like show how the product has actually enhanced their lives or improved their quality of life. Level two is a great place to show this, or maybe just a product carousel. Uh, we do that with carousel ads, just a bunch of different products with a little bit more of a benefit, feature benefit kind of thing. That's typically the message, like what the product will actually do for them to try and get them to move on down to the next level, which is level three and view content. I think the thing is, is to really understand, please, like what you just said a minute ago is so important. So please do not listen to this and think that you have to put all this together at once. You have to utilize what you specifically have based on your abilities, your existing assets, and then just do one at a time. And then you can start to layer on as you get momentum. We list them all out here, but don't think like you have to do all eight. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, Pick what applies. Yeah. Or what you need. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I can think of at least one customer who came to us and say, hey, I have this one video that's doing really, really well. Can you guys scale it up? And he was spending $300 a day. He's now spending three, four, five thousand $5,000 a day because he used that one asset. And then we have since multiplied it into lots of different products, lots of different types of videos, very similar to that. But it worked for him. And it, like he found a formula that worked, but it was one video. But now in order to scale to the level he's at right now, he obviously needs more offers, more videos and everything else to sort of pile on and, and continue to scale up. So don't think you need to have all eight of these here by any stretch. One will suffice just to at least get you going. So how do you get people from level two that they've just lightly engaged? They've maybe viewed your page, seen your website, but have not actually selected a product of yours yet. What do you do there? Well, this is the beauty of dynamic product ads. So what is a dynamic product ad? Well, a dynamic ad in general on Facebook, you can promote relevant items from an entire catalog across any device. So you can display ads for thousands of items to the right audience and automate the process at the same time. So, the first thing that you need to do in order to trigger dynamic ads or dynamic product ads in this case is actually set up your product catalog. So if you're an e-commerce store and you haven't done this, you're considering doing this, this is something that a programmer could do or somebody on staff. You set up your entire product catalog and then you create your product feed, which is basically is a a spreadsheet, it could be a spreadsheet that dynamically takes that catalog of products and pushes it into Facebook. Now, there's a a lot of different ways to do this. You can do this dynamically so that it updates based upon your inventory, or you can do sort of a one-time download. We recommend doing it dynamically, and there's lots of apps that do this. When it's set up correctly, it dynamically updates your products and pushes them into Facebook to then be seen in ads that you're going to use at level three. So dynamic product ads, a super key component to this whole thing. If you don't have dynamic product ads or you don't have your your catalog set up and your product feed set up, it's definitely something that you're going to want to do because the e-commerce ad amplifier doesn't work without it. So 
really simple at view content. We say that if we can get people from level one to level two and get them all the way to level three, we got them. The reason is, is because you can deploy dynamic product ads at the view content level, which is killer. Now, a lot of folks, if you have, if you don't have a tremendous amount of traffic, let's say you're only spending a couple hundred dollars a day, you know, you might not be able to fragment out people who have just viewed your product versus people who have added to cart. They, the audiences might be too small. So what we found is that in some of our smaller ad accounts, you'll need to combine level three view content with level four add to cart because those audiences themselves, you can then direct dynamic product ads to both of those behaviors, view content. I've looked at the product. I've added it to cart. I've fired the ad to cart standard event. Both of those can be lumped together. Ideally, you want to separate them out when you have more traffic, but we'll typically, when a customer will come to us, we'll lump them together at first, and then we'll eventually start creating smaller audiences, and then we'll create separate audiences for view content, separate audiences for add to cart, and then start to show different ads to each one of those audiences. So if you think about this logically, I've added it to my cart. I'm now almost ready to buy. So at level four, I'm, it's different than level three because level three, I still needed kind of some convincing, right? I wasn't quite ready to buy yet. I kind of have pictured this product, but I haven't really added it to my cart. I haven't taken that near final commitment. So a view content ad, when we write up ads for level three, our dynamic product ads, we will typically have more promotional messages. We'll talk about features and benefits of the product at the view content level. Whereas at the add to cart level, we're advertising to those people. We'll basically just remind them. This is like the Molly Pittman kind of ad copy. Hey, did life get, <laughs> did life get, did in, the life get in the way? <laughs> you know, your protein powder is waiting for you. You know, yeah, like, it's still powdery. It's still powdery. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding about that, by the way. <laughs> the messaging with add to cart ideally should be different than view content. Now you can get away with using the same messaging. That's fine. But we've just found that not to make it creepy, you don't want to say, hey, hey, person, you left this thing in your cart and I know you abandoned your cart and you should come back and buy it. Like, don't get that kind of messaging. Just say, hey, you know, your thing is waiting for you. You know, did you forget to, you know, check out is good ad copy there. I mean, do it your own way. The point is, is that I've gotten all the way to the point where I've added it to my cart. I'm actually pretty close to buying. All I need is a little nudge. So what we'll do on these is we'll sometimes first couple of days, you know, we'll set up audiences for maybe two, three days and just give that message. But then if they don't buy by day four or five, we might goose them a little bit and maybe show them a click to messenger ad with a discount coupon. You know, hey, don't forget, grab your protein, you know, get it in the next 24 hours and you get 10% off or 20% off. So we don't offer the discount immediately because we want the full price to purchase. But then a little bit later in that sequence in a time sequence, especially when you're building larger audiences really fast this way, you can alter your messaging. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can split this stuff up, but you know, those are two little tips that definitely work for us. Yeah. And messaging there, like think about what your biggest barriers are, right. To purchase, for example, like LASIK eye surgery, the barriers really are, wow, this is expensive, right? So maybe you give them a discount code to try to help with, you know, that barrier to entry. Another one's also like fear, right? Like what if 
it doesn't work or what if it hurts or, you know, these are my eyeballs. This is pretty serious, right? Like I'm a little scared. So maybe following up with more education about those barriers and then offering a coupon code. So when you're creating these ads, I think it's always smart to think, what is the customer thinking at this moment, right? If they've made it this far, what could be keeping them from purchasing and then, you know, make sure your ads reflect those possible barriers to, to purchase. Yeah, for sure. And I think we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode is sit back and think about where your potential customer is in the journey. Like if I've clicked on a product, I still, but I haven't added to cart, I might be thinking about all these things that Molly's talking about. I, I'm still a little bit reluctant. Think about like, what are my biggest objections to the sale? Think about the biggest benefits, the things that you know they're going to get when they, you know, the after state they're going to be in when they get this product. So think about that after state. So use that in your copy. I mean, we tend to get really simple on the add to cart ads and just kind of put it right in front of them and say, like we said before, like ready to check out kind of thing, question mark, you know, mm-hmm. sort of simple. So, yep. but, but sit back and really do think about this because if you set up your dynamic product ads correctly and your, and your feed is working the way that it's supposed to, these are super powerful because Facebook will show that person who visited your ad to cart and fired the ad to cart pixel products that are either the one that they looked at or ones that are very similar, depending on how you set up your DPAs, your dynamic product ads. So there's a lot of nuances to this, but I think the point is, is that once you get to level four, the sale is pretty much guaranteed. You should have your add to cart dynamic product ads returning on ad spend at least 10 X, if not more. So you're putting in a hundred and you're making thousands in purchase website, purchase conversion values at this point, because they're so close. You just need them to sort of tip over the edge. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So the last and final stage, and this is uh, what we refer to as sort of the icing on the cake ads is level five. So the sale doesn't end just because they purchased once. We always want our customers, our customers, customers to purchase products more than once. And in many cases, you have a lot of opportunity to be able to do things like cross-selling. So I think Ezra talked about this way back in episode 63. Yeah, go back to that one. Pull that one out of the vaults. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, way, way back. I mean, a lot of the things that he talks about way back there Uh, totally relevant to the e-commerce ad amplifier. So definitely listen to episode 63 and how he does this. He doesn't get into too much detail on DPAs and deep, deep in there, but he does talk about this, which is something that we really took from that. I believe it was that episode and said, wow, that's some really good stuff. Now, if you're selling cars, chances are you're probably not going to get them to buy another car 30 days later. You might be able to put these types of ads in front of people to purchase floor mats or some kind of service protection plan or some kind of maintenance plan that your your dealership offers. There's all kinds of things that you can do sort of after the sale to not only increase revenue, but also to increase customer retention. So there's a couple of different types of ads that we use at the level five. First off is just content video ads. So these are just video, just pure content, just saying, hey, you know, Appreciate like we're going to show you this thing because we know you're a purchaser of those products and we also want your user experience to be super positive, but we also create 
audiences from those ads as well, depending on how much video they actually watch. So there are two purposes here. So some of those just might be pure content videos for the brand. Great, really simple, easy to do. But let's say you have 10 different products and they've purchased one, but there's nine other ones that are relatively similar, not similar, but related to that first purchase. After they purchase that initial product, now it's a great time to cross sell them. And you can show them product videos of those other products for these audiences that have already purchased. Beauty here is you could also use dynamic product ads yet again. Like if you just set this Ooh, thing up for- Here comes the DPA. Yeah, for level three, four, and five DPAs and just called it a day, called it a DPA day, you'd be doing pretty darn good. So write slightly different ad copy, obviously, for your DPAs at this you know deep level. You know, hey, have you ever considered whatever it is, another cross-sell, another product? So based upon their previous purchase, Facebook, because the algorithm is so smart, because these things work so well, they will show them relevant products to the product that they've already purchased. So super cool stuff, way deep down in level five. Now, these audiences aren't going to be as big as your cold traffic audiences, but they are going to add a lot to your return on ad spend. So these ones down here, I mean, we've seen return on ad spends 20, 30, 40 50x on return on on ad spend but much smaller dollar amounts. So those are typically the screenshots that most of the uh the internet marketing people will show on their websites. <laughs> Ooh. 5000% return. Yeah, all warm audiences during a timed launch. <laughs> all I look at is an ROI. I don't look at anything else. You need to spend more money on your level ones. That's what you need. So anyway, so uh, just finishing up on these DPAs as well as product image ads, we'll just show at, you know manual uh, ads of other products, not quite as effective as dynamic product ads this deep inside the e-commerce ad amplifier. So basically the audiences at level five will increase as you increase your traffic and your spend at level one. And in most cases, we're spending 60, 70, 80% of our ad spend at level one and maybe a little bit at level two. So it's it really is, even though it doesn't look this way inside the e-commerce ad amplifier image, which you can get if you go to Facebook tier 11 and then throw the word image into the chat, into uh, Messenger, you'll be able to download this bad boy. The point is, is that as soon as you start ramping up your level one traffic, all your other levels will start to populate and you'll be able to show your ads at a, at a more regular uh, and consistent way, but you got to start somewhere. Start with the cold traffic ones, just with one asset, try and figure that out and then keep this framework in mind if you're just starting. If you're more of an advanced e-commerce company, think about it holistically. It's like, all right, level one all the way to level five. You know, you could look at it as there's nine levels because there's nine standard events, but we try and simplify it here to make it, you know, less complicated than it already is. But think about your business based upon how deep these people from cold traffic have gone into your at website and what that means at each level. And then match your ad based upon what they are thinking or feeling at that point in time. And if somebody comes from cold traffic, goes to your website homepage, then actually goes to a sales page, then clicks and goes to a product page, then clicks and adds to cart. And then there is another 
one initiate checkout that's kind of between add to cart and purchase. But the point is that once you go from add to cart to purchase, like that's the journey that you want someone who comes to your website to ultimately do. And then once you've got purchases, then you just retarget them with all the video assets and the assets that we discussed here. And I mean, this can be automated, right? Like the cool thing is once you set it up, all of these campaigns are working off of one another. It's like an assembly line. Yeah. Let's say that you had... 80% 80% of the, of the actual creatives, you're that person that's got kind of everything. How long do you think it would take to follow the directions and set up all of the appropriate pixels and et cetera, et cetera, so you just have to turn on the campaigns? If you've got Shopify as your platform, probably yep. about five minutes. <laughs> um, if you've got a custom-built e-commerce platform, this could be a very large project days, <laughs> weeks, um, because you might have to do this all manually. So, you know, we have a customer right now that it has a very advanced e-commerce site, but basically this whole thing would need to be set up manually. Now, the out-of-the-box solution is not necessarily out-of-the-box, but I guess Shopify is an out-of-the-box, air quotes, e-commerce solution, or, you know, WooCommerce, which is another one This this works really, really well. With this is a simple just matter of of Googling how do I insert my Facebook pixel inside or just going through the help desk and figuring out. Literally, this is done very easily, very simply, but it depends on your platform. If you've got a really complicated platform, uh, yeah, you definitely do need a programmer to set it up. But at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it for you, especially if you're going to look at Facebook as a, a significant source of your traffic. Because what the e-commerce ad amplifier does is it doesn't waste any of your money. It's capturing that money spent on ads at every single level, creating audiences at every single level, and then trying to monetize those audiences at every single level. And that's the key takeaway to it. But yeah, if you're just starting out and you've got a platform like Shopify, which I'd highly recommend if you are just starting out, go that route. But yeah, it could be could be variable. Uh, that's an it's depends question, which is kind of like the way that Zuckerberg answered at Congress this week. There's no like black or white. There's a lot of gray area <laughs> yeah. there. So from five minutes to five weeks, <laughs> depending on your system. If not more than five weeks, quite honestly. But uh, no, yeah. yeah, exactly. If you, I mean, obviously, if you have if you're e-commerce, you know, a lot of people are if they've had an e-commerce store for several years, they're, they're making the plunge and they're switching to, to a Shopify or WooCommerce because of all these things. You never know. I mean, some of the other platforms I'm sure are continuing to improve and keep up, but if you have that, it helps, but if you don't, it's okay. It's not like, like you said, it's not five, really five weeks. If you don't have Shopify or WooCommerce, you, you'll, you'll be able to set a lot of this up, but you might have trouble with certain things like certain dynamic product ads and stuff. Yeah. Take one step at a time. One foot in front of the other. And like I said before, I mean, to get this, just go onto Facebook and search for tier 11 and then just send us a message inside Messenger with the word image and you can download the e-commerce ad amplifier and uh, you can say hello to Tier. The uh, I believe he is our chatbot right now. <laughs> Tier, hi, Tier. <laughs> I don't know. He was a little... Did you recruit him from up above, uh, up above Boston there? Up Toronto somewhere or something? Yeah, we have a French-Canadian contingent at Tier 11, so I think that's probably where it came from. So, yeah. All right, good stuff. Yeah, Ralph, this is awesome. And I know how much work went into this, so thank you for sharing yeah, it. This is one of those episodes where you got, you, you got to, uh, you can always refer back to and you can give to your team. 
you know, download if you weren't if you were listening and you weren't able to download the the image really showing all of this that Ralph talked about, go back and, and do it and let's do it again. This is the one that you'll want to listen to more, more than once anyways. It's nice to get the high level overview, even if some of it you miss because you were driving or busy, and, and then listen to it again later on while you're looking at the graphic. And it, it'll just be so much more impactful that second time anyways. So don't feel bad if you didn't have the graphic. Other than that, uh, go get it. Stay tuned for next week. We got some good stuff coming your way. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. Toodles. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Are you still focused on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holiday shopping season when probably what you should be doing is keeping an eye out towards the plan that you have for 2024? Now, we here at Perpetual Traffic want to help you make 2024 the best business year you've ever had online and help you do that through everything that we talk about here on this podcast. Well, for 10 lucky businesses, we are going to offer through the end of the year January 1st is our cutoff date. We are offering 10 free audits for 10 lucky businesses. We will go through everything from all of your ad spend on all your social platforms. We'll do everything on your website, analyze all your CRO, as well as look at your data, how you're tracking, as well as look at your email sequences, everything associated with your digital marketing, wrap it up into an audit, give you a score and tell you exactly where you most need to improve And we are offering this to 10 businesses for free through the end of the year. In order to get your free audit, head on over to tier11.com, fill out the application and make mention in the actual notes section that you heard about this promo for the free audit on perpetual traffic. And we'll bump you to the front of the line. Now, this is for 10 businesses only. We have a limit of 10. We literally do not have more capacity to be able to do more than that because I actually do have to give my people between Christmas and New Year's off. So they've got to work really quickly. So the quicker you can get this and submit it, the better. And we're going to take the first 10 that apply. So make sure you head over to tier11.com forward slash audit. For your free audit, we will look at every aspect of your digital marketing, give you a rating, and then give our recommendations as to what you can improve. So you have the best year ever in 2024.